Salam, guys. I'm Mohsin. Welcome to this episode of Millionaire Muslim. Before we get into this episode, we just wanted to spend a few seconds telling you about Islamic Finance Guru, or IFG for short. Mohsin and I co-founded IFG in 2015 because we couldn't find content about personal finance and Islamic finance for Muslims like you and I. Nowadays, alhamdulillah, we reach an audience of hundreds of thousands and our goal is to keep providing great content to help you guys. So if you're looking for halal investments and Islamic mortgages or startup funding, check us out at islamicfinanceguru.com. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can get me on mohsin at islamicfinanceguru.com and you can get Ibrahim on ibrahim at islamicfinanceguru.com. Enjoy the episode. Looking for a different approach to money? Meet Gatehouse Bank a Sharia-compliant UK bank built for the modern world. We help home buyers to purchase or refinance their home, provide buy-to-let funding for landlords, and offer award-winning savings accounts. Wherever you're going, get there a different way. Get there with Gatehouse. To find out more, visit gatehousebank.com. Before we dive in, I'd just like to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, PensionBee. They have helped over 70,000 customers be pension confident by helping them transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan. They also have a great Sharia compliant pension option as well, which is why we personally really like them. And you can check out a review of their offering on the Sharia side on our website. Assalamu alaikum, everybody, and welcome to our quarter past four section in the UK at least, on household finances. And we've aptly named it on the YouTube as the bargain aisle because the man that's with me, he is a man that likes to hang out in the bargain corners. He's often seen looking for those magic yellow stickers that they put on clearance hour in the supermarkets. None other than Safe Khan, who, for those of you who don't know him, is about to join us, actually. He's actually a software engineer by trade. But by night, he is a man that scours the <laughs> four corners of the world for a bargain. I'll leave safe to introduce himself. I wouldn't put it as prominent as that as I'm a bargain. For me, so yeah, my name's Safe Khan. We're currently part-time with IFG as a software engineer. In regards to the whole bargain, I think, I write as much so like a lot of people come to me and ask me about when they're buying from what, headphones to TVs to computers, generally I know the gist of things when it comes to technology, but also finding a good bargain wherever it may be as well. I didn't know this about Safe. So recently it was Black Friday, if you remember, yeah. and some of you may have caught the article that I wrote. So we use Microsoft Teams internally at IFG, and I posted in one of our channels and just said, have you guys come across any bargains recently? And safe, like everybody was just like, oh, this, that, the other. And then safe posted like an absolute essay of all the deals that he'd come across. So that's when I realized that I've got another, even if not by blood, by heart, he is a Gujarati. So that's uh, <laughs> what I like to see. The purpose of today's discussion then is around household finances and everything that we experience on a day-to-day basis and the things that we're buying every day and the things that we're using every day, how can we be a bit smarter about that? And as a result, make a bit of saving when it comes to our money, because that will come straight back to us. And it means that we've got a bit more money to either save and invest or just to Mm -hmm. spend on, on other things as well and do more useful things with that money rather than spend it on 
some electricity bill or something. So we're going to basically split the discussion up into three parts. And I encourage, as we always encourage, strong participation from the comments. I'm following them on the screen and we'll regularly jump to questions and stuff like that. And we have built in enough time for that. I'd encourage everybody to participate and share some thoughts, comments, feedback, questions as you go along. Definitely encourage that. And the three areas that I want to discuss today are number one, just like a general overview, because we've got Christmas sales and Boxing Day sales and all that stuff coming up. I want to discuss, is that ever a genuine sale? And we kind of touched on this in the Black Friday article, but I want to kind of discuss it face to face here with you, Safe. And then I want to delve into two really specific areas, which I'm pretty sure affect, if not everybody, then probably 99.9% of people, which is utilities. So your electricity and your gas. And the second thing I want to touch on is mobile phones, because everyone has a mobile phone pretty much. And we need to think about how we can save a bit of money while still having the latest iPhone or whatever it may be. So let's kick off safe. And I want to talk about these Christmas sales and these Boxing Day sales and these Black Friday sales, what are your thoughts on them generally? Because I'm sure, like me, a bunch of people will ask you every year, oh, am I actually getting a good deal here? Is it worth waiting? The classic line, is it worth waiting for the sales? And yeah, keen to get your thoughts on, are they ever genuine sales? So genuine talk about sales, referring to the standard Black Friday, how you call it, your Cyber Monday, and then obviously your Christmas sales. I spoke to my economist friend on this, right, when we were discussing this live and the discussion that we were going to have together. And the conclusion we came up with was that it's essentially a marketing tool, right? Sales come and go throughout the whole year. But when it comes to kind of these big days or big seasons where they're really pushing it, at the end of the day, it's just marketing. So that's kind of just very briefly what they are. That does not necessitate that you won't be able to find a good deal. But I think just a really good example of this is that you mentioned in the Black Friday article that you had written that just referring to the which publication where they said, just give an example, just reading right off the article, that the vast majority of products in the Black Friday of 2019 sales had been the same price or cheaper on at least one occasion in the six months before or after the sale. And that's generally what I find. Like when people are asking me kind of, oh, am I going to get it again? I won't be able to get it again. No, 99% of the time, you'll be able to get it in a week's time or a month's time, the same price. Generally, what I find is, let's say you have a certain product, let's say it's a TV. For Black Friday, it drops price. But then that is now the new standard price for across the year. So that's kind of just my... Quick thoughts on that question. Yeah, I think I agree with you, Safe. So I found that as well. So like companies, especially when it comes to electronics, I think electronics more than anything, I think are the thing that get a lot of attention when it comes to sales. And you'll see, even when it comes to, I'm sure we're going to get it in the summer as well, because Euro, well, what would have been Euro 2020 is going to come along, right? And every single time there's a tournament, you'll get like curry saying, oh, watch Euro 2021 on your brand new 60-inch OLED or whatever it might be. And these things are often just a catalyst to get people to buy something. Like the thing that salespeople always talk about is like you've got to convert people. People will be at a certain 
point. So if you imagine a cliff edge, people will be yeah. at a certain point over it. And companies' jobs, the marketeers' jobs, is to push people over that cliff edge and get them to actually commit to that purchase. And sales and holidays and all that, they're a great opportunity for companies to push people over the edge because people get happy at holiday time and they're in a buying mood and stuff like that. One fact, I used to work at Manchester Airport, Dixon's Tax Free, when I was 17. And the bosses always used to say, if you can't sell here, then you're kind of screwed because you know people come here and they're like, they're happy and they're going away and they'll basically buy whatever for whatever price. And that's why those stores make a lot of money because people are in a buying mood. So yeah, in a nutshell, I think that these sales are, for the most part, a marketing ploy. You can get the odd good deal. My thinking, and I'm keen to get your thoughts on this, Safe. My thoughts around sales have always been that if you know a particular product inside out and you've been tracking it for like three months, six months, and you know this is the price that it is, and if I can get anywhere close to X target price, I'm going to buy it. I think that's where sales are really useful because in that snapshot, you are able to decide whether it's a good deal or not. But I think what too many people do is they'll see and like my wife is like the worst for this. (laughs) She'll be like, oh, it says it used to be 80 quid and now it's like 25 quid. That's a bargain. But that's obviously not the way it works, is it? Yeah, definitely not. I mean, the thing is 99% of people are not the type of people to kind of us nerds, right? Like bargaining nerds would track a product like, yeah, we'll know the insides is out and know when it's actually a great deal. A majority of people aren't like that, so generally they will tend to fall for things like that. I guess it's just one of those things where it comes down to like these guys who work at marketing and sales, they know what they're trying to do, right? That's their job at the end of the day. Yeah, the only thing I can say is what a top tip I would give for this case, right? Is if you are looking to buy something, let's say you do want to get a new TV or a new, let's say whatever it is, something like Hot UK Deals would be a very good place just to go to. And you can just kind of search in whatever TV you want and it'll show what deals are great, what deals aren't, because that is a community filled with like bargain hunters and they'll know exactly, right, what thing is a bargain and what isn't. So for those yeah. who aren't us kind of nerds, right, which is majority of people out there, using a site like that would just kind of really help yeah. instead of just going to one person to ask for all their bargaining <laughs> advice. Definitely. <laughs> I agree with that. Let's spend, I think, the next couple of minutes just sharing like a few tips, I think. On your point, Safe, so for you guys who are like on the hunt for deals and stuff like that, Hot UK Deals is a great website, so check that out. The problem with it is that you can end up inadvertently spending money that you wouldn't have spent. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword because I'll be the first to hold my hands up and say, I've been on Hot UK Deals, and there'll be like something on the front page or whatever, and it's like, oh three indoor lights for like 7.97 i'm like oh you know what i could do with some indoor lights i'm gonna order that and then lo and behold you've got like a 50 quid basket before you know it or something (laughs) so that's just one thing to be wary of but used well hot uk deals is really good the way i use it is if i want a particular product so let's say i'm shopping for headphones i'll do my research on what model i want and then usually Mm -hmm. i'll put that model into hot uk deals search engine 
because that will tell you what deals have been posted before. Even if they've like expired and stuff like that, it doesn't really matter because now I know that that set of headphones was at one point 200 quid rather than the 250 quid that I'm being quoted right now. So there is kind of room for it to go down at some point. Any other tips, Safe? Yeah, I mean, just going back onto what you were saying before, one of the best tips you can ever have is, I think someone's touched on this in the YouTube comments. He says, don't go to Ikea without knowing why you are there in the first place. And I think that really applies to anything, right? Really think about what do you actually want? I would say need, but what do you actually really want? Otherwise, what does happen, whether you're in hot UK deals, whether you're window shopping or whatever it may be, if you don't really kind of list it down as to what you want, what your budget is, then you just start adding so many things into your basket. And then it's just like, okay, you got so many things and that's where a lot of the money comes out. And this is one of the big problems I find. We do tend to start hoarding, right? So even as kind of avid bargain hunters, a lot of the time our money just spent on useless things just because we're so much into the hunt of the bargain that <laughs> you kind of Too get lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Another one actually is we were talking about tracking prices. There's a few websites yeah. where you can just put a particular product in and have like an email alert set up when it reaches a certain price or whatever. So the one I normally use, I think this is the one you use as well, Safe, is camelcamelcamel.com. Yeah. The three camels. Another good one is Price Buy, if you want to kind of see the history of a price. But I think there are quite a lot out there nowadays. Yeah, there's um, quite a lot. Literally, just put in price tracking in Google. It's pretty much there. But Price Buy and Camel, Camel, Camel are like my main go-to sites for anything that I really need to get. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully those tips are helpful. Let's see what the comments are saying. Tanim saying, what are your thoughts on cashback sites like Top Cashback? I think they're good. Top Cashback, mm-hmm. Quidco. They can be a bit unreliable sometimes, though. Yeah, so, in my experience, I found them to be very unreliable. But yeah, again, it comes back down to, oh, it's a little incentive to kind of really hook you in. So yeah, again, it comes back to the thing I mentioned before is really consider, do you actually need this? Because you might be saving that £5 through cashback, but they probably hook you in to, let's say, a mobile phone deal which is going to end up costing you a lot more. Yeah. And with these cashback sites as well, they're a bit slippery. To be fair, like 95% of my experience has been positive, but I'm still waiting on some like broadband cashback that I took out like four <laughs> years ago and they're just like yeah. refused Amy. I just get like a really vague response and I know I'm never going to get it now. I think the way they set it up is that contractually, there isn't like a legal kind of right. It's all a bit slippery. So... I would say that don't take a deal out just because of the cashback because it might not come through. Like it probably will, but it might not. What else have we got? Read your Black Friday article, very insightful. Jazakallah khair. Would love to see a Black Friday for property, <laughs> wouldn't we all? Reduce one pound quick Friday sales. Yeah, gosh. That's safe speciality. That's where he's in the Sainsbury's bargain aisle. Nada Nada wants to set up a Zoom meeting Thursday at 9 a.m. is probably not ideal but the best thing to do is just drop us a line through the website with your proposal and we'll have a look inshallah zubair is asking can i pay someone five pound to find me a nice sweet discounted deal zubair i'm gonna be charging all my friends for this (laughs) (laughs) zubair you can just whatsapp me anytime we'll find you a deal don't worry and huram has jumped the gun 
by talking about mobile phones. So we're going to get onto that. Let's move on onto the second part of our discussion in which I want to talk about something which all of us find a little bit boring, if I'm honest, but it's really, really important stuff because done well, you can probably save a handy few quid. And that handy few quid is stuff you can be doing something much, much more useful with, like saving, investing, or even buying a few gifts here and there for your loved ones. So utility safe, quick thoughts on what most people do wrong when it comes to their gas and electric. Right. So there's quite a few things and inshallah we'll cover them all. But I think the biggest problem which I discussed with my friend who studies economy, she mentioned something called loyalty fee. The idea is that people are under the assumption that if they stay with a company that they're getting the best deal because they built up that loyalty with that company. That's actually not really the case. What genuinely would actually find is if you are to go out and search for other quotes, let's say for whatever it may be, it may be, for example, let's take gas and electricity, you might actually find a better deal than what's actually giving to you. And a lot of these energy companies, when you're with them for such a long time, they kind of put you into this kind of presumption that you are getting the best deal. So that's one of the biggest problems I say is that don't stick to your provider, like go out and search for other quotes using comparison websites. What about yourself? Yeah, I think to be honest, there's a lot of parallels here with the job market. I probably shouldn't say this to you safe, but there's very little reward as an employee for being loyal to your employer. Certainly not in the world where I come from. For those who don't know, I was a lawyer and you can switch from kind of firm to firm and up your salary by a fairly decent amount, actually. And you just wouldn't get there if you stayed with the same firm. And the parallel with things like utilities is that you don't get rewarded for your loyalty as much as they might say you. The fact is that if you actually just look at the numbers, they will tell you that you're not getting the best deal. Like we were talking about tracking prices before, and it's actually fairly easy to track this stuff now as well. So I'm signed up to the Cheap Energy Club, which is a club on moneysavingexpert.com. And it's really, really good. I'm sure you all know moneysavingexpert.com. Really, really good website by Martin Lewis, who's the Don Finance in this country. And he has basically set this thing up. It's completely free. And essentially, it helps you to track what you should be paying for your utilities. And the minute that something's cheaper, you get an email alert. And they've actually just launched something now where it auto switches for you and stuff like that as well. And it's all completely free. Obviously, Money Saving Expert are getting paid a referral whenever you switch and stuff like that. That's just standard. But brokers get paid that full, you know, anyway, so it doesn't really matter. As long as you're getting your value for money, then that's all that matters. And it's a fantastic resource. And I really, really recommend it because if you're busy, which 99% of us are, you don't really have time to be checking the prices that you're getting and the standing charge and this, that, and the other, and then doing all the calculations downwards to understand if it would work out cheaper for you. You'd rather have something automated do it for you. And so I'd really recommend that actually. And I have before just got like an email alert that says it's now cheaper for you to move to Blob Company. 
and click here to do it. And they obviously make it very easy for you because when you sign up, you give all your details anyway. Money Saving Expert is one of the few websites that I will give quite a lot of my details to than IFG. And <laughs> yeah, then Bob's your uncle. So that really is like the biggest tip that I can give, I think. Right. Just to really touch on that, on that busy part, I would add a slight caveat. Like, yes, many people are busy to kind of go in and search every competitor out there. What I will say is, do put in that little bit of extra work. So one golden piece of advice, and this perhaps applies to every part of life, but this part in particular, when it comes to bargain hunting, is if you have a chance to speak to someone, customer service representative, I would say ask, because if you don't ask, you don't get. So for example, let's say you've shortlisted some gas electric energy suppliers on a comparison website, and they're very close in their deals, right? What I would say is call each of them up and just say, look, XYZ companies offers this, what can you do? And you can actually find a better deal than what's actually listed on just the comparison website or their own website, because those are just the advertised prices. They're not the prices that they can do better for you. That's something a lot of people know, but a lot of people have just gone into this, I would say, not say trap, but this kind of idea of just, oh, I can easily click something online and get it done and over with. But again, in my experience personally, just calling someone up will save you quite a lot of money. And it really takes five to 10 minutes. That's my experience. I don't know if you've had similar experiences in regards to that. It's old school. No, I think you're right, actually. Unfortunately, I can't be bothered ringing and I just don't have the wherewithal to actually do that. (laughs) What I would say, though, is... The more kind of like bespoke your thing is, your product or whatever it is you're buying, the more you should definitely get on the phone. So what I mean by that is, especially if it's like business to business transactions. So if you've got a commercial property and you've got like business insurance or something like that, or some other thing where there's definitely more of a kind of personal relationship, or you hold the upper hand, frankly, in terms of you might have a significant spend with somebody and you could be in a position to say, look, if you don't drop this by a couple of pence or a couple of pounds or whatever it is, I've got X person who is willing to take my business. And that can definitely be done if you've got the negotiating power to do that. Obviously, don't ring like Vodafone and be like, <laughs> if you don't drop 10p off my bill, I'm leaving because they'll be like, <laughs> but that's very much if you're kind of in that kind of bespoke category. So yeah, no, definitely phoning up can have very good results. I find though that that's less and less the case, if I'm honest. Like I remember there was a time when you could ring your mobile phone provider and they'd be like begging basically to keep you and they'd say, oh, let me put you through to retentions and they'll yeah. offer you this, that, the other. Nowadays, it's they're just like, yeah, just text this number and get your pack code, mate. Off you go. Yeah, I kind of found it, I would say... 60 40 60 being called someone up for your save a lot of money mm. especially car insurance i mean one of our colleagues at ifg saved what is it i think 400 pound on car insurance so yeah just by calling someone up and that was cheaper than comparison that was yeah cheaper than comparison interesting yeah i think yeah they are obviously you got to think right where it's going to work away isn't but i still advocate it if you have the time just do that little bit of extra work Especially if it's something yeah. expensive like car insurance, I'd say just yeah. 
that's true. So back to the utilities discussion then. And one of the questions that people always ask me, you have different categories of people, right? Some people will always stick with EDF or Eon or whoever they've been with for years and years. The funny thing about utilities is like the quality of your electricity or your gas or whatever doesn't change, right? But people still feel the need to stick with like a big six provider, the classic big names. And people are quite reluctant, even though they might appear quite cheap in the comparison, to go for these smaller companies. Any thoughts on that and whether people are right to be a bit wary of prices that are quite cheap from fairly unknown companies? I will touch on one thing you did say. So although the electricity, the gas that comes out is the same, right? But it's really the quality of working with that energy company. So in terms of their customer service, that's really the main issue that I find people have. So I remember ourselves personally, we had problems with one energy company, even though it provided a good price, but we just moved to another one. And that's really the only problem. But in terms of finding in terms of going away from the big six, a lot of these new companies are actually very competitive, right? Looking at review sites as well for these energy, these new guys on the block, right? Not the big six. Their reviews are fantastic and their prices are fantastic. You can probably go into more detail on this, but I know with my mom recently, she just got fed up with one of the big six. I don't want to name them because we don't want to get sued. It's truth. Yeah, so it was EDF Energy. It is very difficult to work with them. There are problems with their energy bills, with how they're calculating things, and they made quite a few mistakes. So she just moved to a new energy company. I just forgot the name, but it's not one of the big six. And she saved up quite a lot of money. And it was a very simple process. Having that kind of ease of mind is very important as a customer. So that's a big thing, I would say. And I don't think people should be reluctant just because it's not one of the big six. Uh, yeah, specifically I, for I, I had a similar experience. Not that the previous ones weren't bad. I can't actually remember who I was with. I think it might have been EDF, actually. They were perfectly fine. Or maybe it was Eon. I can't remember. They were perfectly fine, but I just got an email from Cheap Energy Club and said, it's cheaper for you to move. Off you go. So now yeah. I'm with a company called Pure Planet. But I did have an email the other day saying it's now cheaper for you to move again. And also, Martin Lewis, he recently emailed out saying that Apparently, like now is the best time to move energy suppliers because of customer acquisition targets when it comes to Christmas and all this stuff. So, yeah, so that's how a lot, I think, on utilities. See, Raheem has uh, yeah. <laughs> an appearance. He's definitely getting us sued now. If we yeah, were, he's just spamming the chat. So I'm just going to wait for that letter to drop on Monday and we'll handle it from there. BJ is saying, always bring your car insurer. They'll always be the quote. I saved over £250 this year with the same insurer. Very, very solid indeed. Tuba is asking, is Airbnb a halal stock to buy? I don't know offhand, to be honest with you, but we've got a course and an article explaining how to research this stuff, so that's all good. What else have we got? I mean, all I can see is just Ibrahim just poking EDF energy. I know. Unbelievable. I think that's a lot. So we have single-handedly destroyed Christmas sales. We've single-handedly destroyed EDF energy. And now we're going to single-handedly destroy the entire mobile phone industry in one fell swoop. So now we're going to move on to the third topic and the final topic before we properly move into questions and stuff. And we're going to be talking about mobile phones. 
the reason that we want to talk about mobile phones is pretty much the same reason why we want to talk about utilities. And it's because everyone is affected by this discussion. And I think it's a really important one to have. I've been bleating on for years about this, and a few people have listened to me, but I think the majority of people are still just kind of standardly going along with the usual mobile phone contracts. So, Saif, why don't you open up this discussion by talking about why are we even talking about mobile phones? Like, Isn't it just as simple as I'm going to go into car phone warehouse, I'm going to pick the latest iPhone, and I'm going to sign up to my 60 quid a month, 24 month contract? So... Where do you even begin? Like mobile phones is just my favorite topic. So the biggest problem is when it comes to mobile phones, especially when you're buying the phone from Carphone Warehouse, it's actually a ridiculous amount of money if you really think about it, right? When you have to buy the phone alongside a contract, you're paying 60, 70 quid a month. And a lot of people actually forget this, but I think every year in, I think in the month of April, they increase it by around 4%. So then you're paying not just your £60 you think you originally do every month. It's now increased by 4% and that happens the following year. So just to do some quick maths on the subject, if you were to buy the phone outright and buy a separate SIM-only contract over that 24-month period, you'd actually generally, what I found is you would save a lot more money as opposed if you were to kind of buy the phone in contract with that SIM airtime plan as well. That's generally what I found. I think the main issue is, and it comes back to what we discussed previously, is when you see that shiny new iPhone with Apple's crazy marketing and stuff, it's very appealing. Instead of paying £1,000, right, because iPhone can charge whatever they want, is to just go for that £60 a month offer. But the issue is, is over those two years, you're actually spending a ridiculous amount. And I think when I was looking for my phone and I was looking at buying it in contract just to kind of see what would happen. I think this phone and this airtime plan went up to about £1,600 over two years, which is ridiculous. And instead buying everything separate. So I bought my phone separate and I bought a really good SIM plan separate as well. It was a lot less. So that's just my experience and what I found over time. And I think yourself, you've been saying this for years now as well. Yeah, so I completely agree. I think SIM only is the way to go. And just to like really strip this discussion to bare bones, what we mean by contract is when you get the phone and the kind of the bundle of minutes and text and data, you get that as one kind of neat package. And whoever you're buying it from, whether it's Vodafone O2 or whether you're going into a shop like the Carphone Warehouse, what they'll be doing is they'll say, here's your iPhone and we'll take a £60 a month payment. And for that, you're getting the iPhone and you're getting a thousand minutes, unlimited data, whatever it might be. When we talk about SIM only, we're just talking about the minutes and the data bit of that. So you don't get a phone, you just get literally a SIM card and you're going to provide the phone. So that's either a phone that you've got knocking about already, or you're going to buy one yourself, and you're going to pay for the phone fully up front, okay? So that's the difference. So in the first example, you'll just be paying £60 a month, ongoing for 24 months. And in the second example, you'll probably pay, I don't know, like 700 quid for a phone, depending on the type of phone that you're going to get. And then you'll be paying, I don't know, £10 a month for your SIM. But the key is that you're 
front-loading all the cost of your phone so that over the course of 24 months, if you average it out, then you're going to be better off with the SIM-only plan. That's the difference here. And in terms of why I've been such a big proponent of this over the years is because, number one, it allows you to be pretty flexible with your phones. If you do want to change it after like a year or something, you can just sell your phone, get some value back from it and buy a new one if that's what you want to do. For me personally, what I tend to do is I'm not a big believer in, first of all, I don't use an iPhone. Second of all, I'm not really a big believer in these like massive flagship phones. For me, a phone needs to be good because I spend a lot of time on it. It needs to be pretty fast. But the way that the costs of hardware have like come down over the years means that you can get really well-built mid-end phones that are actually like really, really well-specced. Like at the moment, I've got a Samsung Galaxy M51. This isn't like a paid promo, by the way. You mean A51? No, M51. <clears throat> okay. And it's got like this absolute powerhouse of a battery. And when I really think about it, like battery is like one of the most important things for me. Like we all got so used to putting up with like absolute nonsense battery where you have to charge your phone every like day. But like this phone gets through like two, three days and it's mm. really refreshing not to have to worry about battery. And it's a really well-specced phone as well. I think I paid like 270 quid for it, which is very much in the metaphorical bargain bucket. Mm. And I think I pay, I can't remember what I pay on my SIM only, but it's not very much at all. And when you compare that to what some people are paying on their massive iPhone contracts, the difference is eye-watering. Now, I'm not saying don't get these contracts. What I'm saying, and this goes for like the whole discussion on saving money and money-saving tips, it's not saying like don't enjoy your luxuries or whatever. All it's saying is like, just think about what things are worth to you. Because yeah. for me, I'd rather spend really good money on a really good laptop, for example, because I spend like 20 hours of my day probably on a laptop and other people wouldn't really care for a laptop. And that's fine. Like you might care more about a phone. That's fine. But what I'm saying is that you just have to look at everything in the round and understand what opportunities you've got available to you rather than just going straight yeah. for the iPhone contract. Yeah. Slightly going back on, but you mentioned a very good point there. So yeah, buying not a pre-owned phone but let's say and someone mentioned it in the youtube comments as well if you buy a one-year-old phone what a lot of the times what i find especially with samsung phones surprisingly is that they crease by about 50 percent so whereas the phone comes out at 800 pound if you buy a year old phone it's 400 pound and coming from a tech guy's perspective the features you're missing out are very minimal like you don't really notice it and you've saved 400 pounds from like getting a year old phone. So I would say you kind of nicely summarized the phone discussion. But an interesting point you did discuss was kind of figuring out what's really worth to you. So obviously for some people, it may be clothes. For others, it may be laptops. And perhaps for me, it's like computers and mobile phones and all this tech gadgetry stuff. But I think as well as finding what's worth to you, at the same time, understand kind of what is your budget and how much you're willing to spend for something because as with anything tech this is coming from just my perspective there's always going to be a new thing that comes around the corner every iphone's the greatest iphone right that's how the marketing is but buying last year's stuff generally speaking 
it's very similar to today's stuff and you save a lot more money that way definitely so i think what you're saying safe is that we should be willing to kind of let go a bit of our yeah. and just slum it with last year's crowd for a bit yeah excellent that's been really fun if you guys in the comments have any specific questions i think now is the time to get them in but in summary we talked about christmas sales box day sales and sales in general and Broadly, we think that they're not what they're cracked up to be, but you might get the odd bargain now and again. And the best thing to do really is track things that you want to buy really closely using something like Camel, Camel, Camel. Then on utilities, I think the discussion in a nutshell is basically use something like the Cheap Energy Club, which is free to plug in your details, get automatic notifications when you can get cheaper electricity and or gas and just regularly switch. And a general tip overall is just like try and phone up different providers and get some custom discount and just negotiate with them. And then on mobile phones, I think what we're saying is do away with contracts if you can and go for buying a phone separately and a SIM separately. And I think that way, if we do all of those things, we should be saving about £3.50 a month. (laughs) Inshallah, a lot more than that. But I think the golden rule is that for every penny you save is every penny you gain. That's how I kind of really see it when it comes to buying things. Because we work really hard to earn our money. And we're always trying to aim for that promotion or trying to expand our businesses to kind of get that one, two, three thousand pound extra year in our salary. But you could be saving that just by taking these tips, right, that we've discussed. Just kind of some few additional sites that are kind of really notable sites that I want to mention again is Martin Lewis's Money Saving Expert. That is really the go-to website. It not just covers the things that we discussed today. I mean, literally, we could perhaps go on for hours and hours just discussing all the categories from traveling to tech to car insurance, pretty much everything. But I think that's your go-to site, right, if you want to look at saving money and Hot UK deals. Like if you have been looking at something, for example, you've been looking at a TV for a very long time, then perhaps keeping your eyes on price buy and Hot UK deals is your best bet as well, right? To save a lot of money there. Excellent. Ibrahim has rightly said that IslamicFinanceGuru.com is the site, mate. Martin Lewis, who? There's only one safe with Dean, <laughs> which are all comments I agree with. My wife's actually popped up with something and I'm going to ask you safe about this. And she's saying that the next sale, that's a genuine sale. So when she spends like a thousand pounds on the next sale, is that justified? <laughs> oh, but clothing is actually a funny one because actually, although I'm into my tech, I also really like my clothes. Yeah, again, see, do you actually need, right, 20 pairs of shoes or 20 different coats? Yeah, again, it comes back to the first thing I mentioned at the start of this live, right, is really think, is this something you actually need? That's the first thing. And if you do need it, then by all means, go to next, go to whatever shopping place you want to go to. But as we were discussing as well early on, just because something's on sale doesn't mean that it's not going to be cheaper after. So one thing is like, just quickly off the top of my head, Adidas always have a sale. Like every two weeks, they'll always have a massive sale. I find that with a lot of shops, right? Clothing shops in particular, you'll always find a sale every other week so yeah i think that's my ending point on that one to be fair i think my missus point is that next don't discount their stuff until they actually get to their sale because 
I think mm. as a company, they do actually care about their sale and like the yeah. brand around their sale. So like my personal view reluctantly is that the next sale probably is one of the few legit ones. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Well, I think we'll call it a day there. It's been an absolute pleasure safe to be discussing things in the bargain aisle with you and likewise next time we can perhaps discuss our differing views on things like credit cards definitely and a few other things but until then one thing i just wanted to mention to all of you who are still on we launched today a free course on angel investing so if you are anywhere remotely interested in startups or investing in startups or you're a founder and you just want to get a sense of how investors think, then you should definitely check out ultimatestartupcourse.com. It's a free course, as I mentioned, and we've spent very long time doing it, and a lot of money has gone into it. So definitely check it out. I'm sure you'll find it really good, and it will hopefully knock the socks off masterclass.com, which is another really good course website. So yeah, check that out. Let us know what you think. And drop us a line if you've got any feedback on it. Get in touch with us. But until then, thank you very, very much indeed for everyone who tuned in and contributed to a lively discussion. And we will see you next time. Salaam alaikum, everyone. Salaam, everyone. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.